Father. Oh, Father, I pray that you would see every heart in this place, Lord, every person in this place, Lord. And I pray, God, that you would receive their worship, God, hearts and lives surrendered to you. Father, I truly believe this, Lord, that there is nothing that you cannot do when someone is willing to surrender themselves before you, Father. I pray, God, that you would see every person, Lord, and your spirit would move in power. You would begin to move and to touch and to strengthen and to heal, Lord. God, I pray, God, that you would encourage, Lord. There's someone that just needs to be encouraged today, Lord. They love you. They're walking with you, but something's hit, but you weren't going to encourage them. God, there's somebody else that needs healing, and you know who you are and what you need. In the name of Jesus, may you be healed in Jesus' name. God is good, and he, he is here amongst us. His presence is here. Father, we thank you for your love in our life. And we recognize that your name is holy. We worship you. Thank you for sending your son, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for all that you did for each and every one of us. For being our substitute. For taking all of our iniquity, taking all of our stuff. And removing it and killing it thank you for breaking chains and setting us free thank you for teaching us how to walk this life out and thank you Holy Spirit for being with us leading us guiding us anointing us gifting us your gifts giving us wisdom and understanding and, and discernment. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, our God, our King. You are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And we praise and we bless your name from young to old, everyone in between. Those have been on the journey for a long time and those that are brand new. We bless your holy name. You are worthy of all the honor, of all the glory, of all the praise. You're worthy. You're worthy. We gladly serve you. We humbly serve you. You are worthy. You are worthy. You are worthy. You are worthy. Thank you, Father, for all that you desire to do and to accomplish. Father, I pray your blessing over the rest of the service, Lord. I believe that in worship this morning, you have prepared our hearts. You've allowed us to encounter you. And now, Father, as we prepare to get into your word, I just pray your blessing over it. Your word is alive. Your word is living. And it will accomplish all that you desire it to accomplish. Your word will not return void, but it will strengthen, it will encourage, it will convict, it will challenge, but it is life unto us. So, Father, we thank you for all that you desire to do. Bless your house. In Jesus' mighty name, we all pray. Amen. Well, with that being said, uh, we're going to jump in here to our message 
Um, we continue our message series here, Are You Fishing? And we've been talking about this. Today our central passage is going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter 9. But we've been talking about this, throwing out your net or throwing your fishing pole um, and stepping into the things that God has for you specifically as being commissioned to share the good news of Jesus. And so to get started with that, just let me open this with this question and kind of get us thinking around this topic. But have you ever come across anyone that was really good at something, and you recognized the skill in front of you. I mean, maybe it was an athlete, and you can tell the difference between the athlete, and you're like, man, this, she's really good, or he's really good, and you can, you can tell the difference. You could tell that there's talents, or maybe a chef, and the way that they cook food, and you're just like, not everybody can do it like that, right? You can tell that there's some skill, there's some talent there. Or maybe there's a doctor, right? Because you recognize not all doctors kind of, uh, you know, there's a little bit different with the care and some of those things. Or the teacher, right? There's the teacher that's passionate and they get excited and they care about their students. And then there's the teacher that's just trying to get them through, right? Just trying to get them through, right? And there's not that, that connection, right? Or the masonry or the truck driver, I grew up around the truck driving business. My dad was a truck driver all his life. And it can look harder than it looks to maneuver a semi-truck with a 48-foot trailer. But here's this picture. I want you to see this picture of me. This is me. It was a cool day. I was hanging out with dad. And we were in the truck. And uh, that was the snack I had. It was an orange. Um, but it was a fun day because I was hanging out with him. And we were truck driving. And we were doing what we were doing that day. I don't even know. We just... We, 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 we were hanging out, and, um, you know, I, I think back to so many of those memories and those moments, and there's a lot of things that I took away from those moments. And, and so much of that has to do with being good at something and putting in the time to be good at something, right? Do we, we understand the difference? That when I put in the effort, it will actually produce something good. That when I give it my time, when I give it my energy, when I desire for it to be good, like the good teacher versus the teacher that's just trying to move them along. Have you ever heard the phrase, practice makes perfect? We have said in this message series that God has called each of us, commissioned us to see the lost found. Literally, go find the lost and show them the way home. Now, we cannot make anyone get on their knees before Jesus. Get on your knees before the Lord right now. We can't do that. You better serve the Lord Jesus or else. We, we cannot make them. I mean, you can tell somebody, like, you know, you tell your child something like that. But you cannot make them from it from their hearts. But what we are commissioned to do is to show them the way. Jesus is the truth, the life, and the way. You can show them the way. And each of us have been commissioned to do so. To show them the way. Now, here's the truth about that. You might get rejected. You absolutely might get rejected. But that's okay. Keep going. Share what God has done in your life. See, there's a passage that the Apostle Paul writes in his letter to the Christians in Corinth. And it always stirs me. It may stir you, but it always, it always, always just gets me. 
It always reminds me of mission. It always reminds me of God's heart. It always reminds me of my personal responsibility as a believer. And it's found in 1 Corinthians chapter 9. We're going to read verses 19 through 27. And it says this, Though I am free, this is the Apostle Paul talking, and belong to no one, I have made myself a slave to everyone. A slave to everyone? He's saying he makes himself a slave? He says he's a slave to you? He, he makes himself a slave to everyone? He says this, to win as many as possible. What's he talking about? To get as many people to the feet of Jesus genuinely. He'll do whatever it takes. And I'm wondering if you'll do whatever it takes. I'm wondering if you understand this commission that the Lord has given you. And if you'll do whatever it takes to get them to the feet of Jesus. Without making them, because you can't make them. Are you willing to serve them in any way? The Apostle Paul says that he is willing to be a slave to everyone so that he would see them come. Are you willing to do that? Would that challenge our Christianity of what we understand Christianity to be? And I get it. There's a lot of churches that are just going to fluff you up and tell you, go, oh, you're awesome. But we're just going to preach from the Word and talk about the things that God is really challenging us in the Word. Verse 20 says this, to the Jews, I became like a Jew to win the Jews. To those under the law, I became like one under the law, though myself am not under the law, so as to win those under the law. To those not having the law, I became like one not having the law, though I am not free from God's law, but am, but am under Christ's law, so as to win those not having the law. I think a lot of people don't understand this about the Christian life. People think, well, I follow God, I love the Lord, I live a good moral life, I give my tithe, you know, one day I'll die, I'm going to go to heaven. You see, that's only half the story. That's only half of it. Listen, I want to show you this chart. Check out this chart. Here, column A. Accept Jesus. Live a good moral life. Go to church. Serve. Read my Bible and pray. Sometimes that's where we stop. That's it. Well, pastor, you don't know. It's hard enough to do that. I get it. That's part of the journey. But that's only half of this Christian life. I get it. There's probably a church down the street that will tell you, you just do column A, you're good to go. But you're missing the whole rest of the Bible. Let's take a look at column B. Find the lost and show them the way. Me? Yes. You, me, all of us. Share what God has done in your life. Lead people to Jesus. Disciple, disciple people. Me? Yes, you. This is part of the Christian life, 100%. Because I get it. There's the free gift of salvation. All I got to do is pick it up. I'm saved. Now I got to figure out how to live a good moral life. I got to start praying. I got to read my Bible. And I got to start going to church. Okay, maybe it's time to start. So, okay, I'm going to do it. And, that, and that's it. But that's not it. 
each of us are commissioned. Each of us, God entrusts us to share Him with them. This is part of it, 100%. This isn't for some people. This isn't for the pastor. This is for every believer. If you say, I love Jesus, I'm a Christian, that means you're a Christ follower, that means you're a disciple of Christ, then this is for you. This is absolutely for you. You are called to win souls for Christ. And I get it. I know that can seem a little intimidating. But it needs to become a normal thing. Here's what I want to tell you. Walk this life honoring God by living right and winning souls. They must go hand in hand together. Verse 22 says this. To the weak, I became weak. What? He says, the brother says he became weak? Yeah, to win the weak. So my challenge is for you. Are you willing to become weak? For the sake of showing somebody the way home, are you willing to become weak? He says, I have become all things to all people so that all possible means I might what? That, doesn't mean, that means that not everybody is going to say yes to Jesus, but you have to present them with the opportunity. And on this side of heaven, do not give up on them. Do not give up. He says, I do all things for the sake of the gospel that I might share in its blessing. I want you to understand that what we are talking about is a matter of life and death. And you got to try. You're going to have to get out of your comfort zone and you're going to have to try. Verse 24, it says this, do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get a prize. Some people think, well, we'll run this race, run it to get the prize. Okay, well, I got to read my Bible, I got to pray, I got to live a good and more life, I got to go to. That's half of your race. That's half of the journey. The other half is stepping into the things that God has for you. Verse 25 Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. This is therefore, I don't run like someone running aimlessly. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not all over the place. No. I I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and make it a slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. It says this. I So that after I have preached to others, after I have preached to others, and I told you last week that you are all the preacher. So that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. I look at that and that's powerful poetry. It's beautiful. It is absolutely beautiful. But don't allow it to be the beauty, beautiful poetry that I'm going to put on my wall or my social media and, and, and leave it there. No, let it be life for you. Let it be what you grab a hold of, what you walk in. You know, there's so much to say and to take away from what the Apostle Paul is saying here in this letter and in that passage. But I want you to understand that God has called us to win souls. And the model that we have, he says, do whatever it takes. So are we ready to step into that mindset and do whatever it takes? Not like if it's convenient, if I got nothing else going on, if I like, you know. 
do whatever it takes. Be creative. Be unashamed. Never lose sight of the goal. Remember why he woke you up. Why is it that you are the one that knows the Lord Jesus in your family? Why is it that you are the one in church? Why has God uniquely saved you? Why are you the believer in your sphere of influence? Why you? Because God sees in you somebody that he wants to work through. God wants to work in your life in a way that dead things around you are going to come alive. Things will be resurrected. Things that were once alive and died are going to come back to life. Why you? Because God sees in you somebody he can use for his honor and for his glory. God sees in you a soul winner. Somebody that can grab people by the hand and walk them to the feet of Jesus who can show them the way. And I get it. You can say, well, Pastor, I can't see that in myself. Yeah, but I know he sees it in you. He created you, and he knows you better than you know yourself. And he's given you a unique access to people that nobody else has access to. So what does it take to become a good fisherman? Well, the Holy Spirit has illuminated, revealed to me three areas for us as a church. And the first thing is this, confident in God's heart to see the lost. Confidence in what? In my own abilities? No, confidence that this is his desire. Be sure that God wants to see lost people found. Understand, like if you can see the Father's heart right now, know that it would be beating to see lost people found. People that were walking with him and stopped walking with him, he wants them home. People that have never known him, he wants them to begin walking with him. I mean, think about it like this. Is there a parent that has a child that's walked away from the Lord? Is there any parent that says, I hope they stay far away from the Lord? I hope they never come to Jesus. That child, ooh, that child. I hope that child never goes to heaven. Is there anybody that thinks that way about their child? No. In that same way, think about his heart. The one that saved you, the one that set you free, the one that put your feet on solid ground. Him. He wants to see the lost founds, and he wants to work in you and through you so that it would take place. He wants to use your life. Be sure that this is God's heart. Be confident of this. There's a song by Hillsong United. It's called Hosanna. Typically, you might hear it around, sung around Palm Sunday or you know, the week before Resurrection Sunday. Here are some of the lyrics. No, I'm not going to sing. Is there anyone that wants to sing it? I'm going to read it to you. I see, no, no, no. I see, a gen, I see a generation rising up to take their place with selfless faith, with selfless faith. I see a near revival stirring as we pray and seek. 
We're on our knees. We're on our knees. Hosanna, Hosanna. Hosanna in the highest. Hosanna. You understand that as Jesus is riding a donkey, it's called the triumphal entry, and he's going to ride into the city for the last time. And there's people gathered, and they're throwing down their cloaks, and they're waving palm branches, and they're yelling out Hosanna. They're declaring who Jesus is. It says this, heal my heart and make it clean. Open my eyes to the things unseen. Show me how to love like you have loved me. Have you been loved? Break my heart for what breaks yours. Everything I am for your kingdom's cause as I walk from earth into eternity. Break my heart for what breaks yours. I'm wondering if you'd be willing to pray a prayer like that. I'm wondering if you would be able to tell that before the Lord. And I get it. There's all the things that you've got to talk to him about and all the things that you're dealing with and all the things that you're facing and all the things that are heavy on your heart. But I'm willing, if you're willing to pray a prayer like that, God, break my heart for what breaks yours. Stir my heart in the direction of your heart, God. He wants everyone to have the opportunity to choose him. Not everyone well, but he wants everyone to have the opportunity to do so. In 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9, it says this, The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Can you see his heart? His heart. Be confident. Understand that this is the truth. This is the truth of his heart. And I know that person seems far. And I know that person seems unreachable. And I know it seems like they've, they're, they're too far gone. But God wants that person home at his feet. There's still time. On this side of heaven, there is still time. Be confident in God's desire to see people receive salvation. And I brought these glasses up here because I wanted, to, I wanted you to help you understand something because it, it's, so, it's so important that we see people the way God sees them rather than how we see people in the flesh because we can look at people. We can look at people and, and, and automatically we come with all kinds of judgments. We come with all kinds of assumptions. We see them and think, okay, <laughs> all right then. Right? All kinds of things come to mind. But what God's word is challenging us to do is to put on the glasses that see his hearts. So when he sees my son, hey, son, I love you. I know what you've been going through. There's been some things you're facing, but I need you to trust me. I need you to come back to me. I need you to allow me to work in your life and see people how he sees them. Instead of taking these off, I don't know, your brother probably deserved that. I don't know. See through the lens of God's heart. Be confident that he desires for the lost to come home. You see, confidence in God's heart means viewing people differently. 
The Bible says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verses 15 through 16. It says this, and he died for all who Jesus, that those who live should no longer live for themselves. What? I should not longer live for myself. Who should I live for then? For him who died, Jesus, and was raised again, Jesus. It can be so easy to do column A. Well, I, I, Jesus is not my Savior. I'm now praying. I'm, I'm Bible, and I go to church. I do this and that. And, and I'm just in my lane, and I'm doing me. Me and Jesus, I'm just doing my lane. And miss column B, which is 100% our walk with the Lord. So what he's challenging us to do, what his word is challenging us to do, is to not be selfish. To live selfishly. To live for Jesus. What's Jesus' heart? What did Jesus do? Who is he the substitute for? Verse 16. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Stop looking at them that way. Begin to see them the way God sees them. He says this, though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Choosing and deciding to see others the way that God sees them. Understanding this idea that I'm no longer living for myself. I'm willing to take up my cross and follow Jesus. Where are we going? Okay, Jesus, I'm with you. Jesus, how are we going to do it? He says, just follow me. I got you. His heart is to see the lost found. The second area that it takes to be a good fisherman is to be confident of what God has done in your life. And hasn't he done some things? Are you, are you where you used to be? No. Who did he pull out of the pits? Who, 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 who did he break some chains in somebody's life? Who is not who they used to be? Whose mind is renewed? Whose feet are on solid ground? He's done something in your life. Nothing short of a miracle. Come on, somebody. And if God can do it in your life, he can certainly do it in theirs. So be confident in what God has done in your life. You are his handiwork. You are his masterpiece. His fingerprints are on you when he made you and when he set you free. All over you, all over you. I, I, you say, I can't see nothing around me. I took a shower this morning, Pastor. Yeah, but I can see God's hand all over you. And it is beautiful because it's him who's working in each and every one of us. Be confident that the creator, Lord God Almighty, has worked in your life. Because, yes, he has. And don't minimize it. Don't deny it. Don't be ashamed of it. Be confident that, yeah, God has done some things in my life. Because he absolutely has. If you're not confident in what God has done in your life, how will you ever lead someone else to the Lord? This is why the Apostle Paul says this in verse 26 of that passage, 1 Corinthians 9. He's in, in 26, he says, therefore, do not run like someone running aimlessly. I don't run. He says, I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. You, you, you know the direction he runs? See, he understands what God has done in his life. I mean, if you know anything about the brother, the brother, man, he hated Christians. 
He was literally hunted them. His goal, have them arrested or killed. And so when God woke him up, there's no way he could deny it. Just the way that there's no way you can deny what God has done in your life. Because you are not who you used to be. You are not walking in what you used to walk in. You're, you're, you're not chains how you used to be chains. But you are free in Jesus' name. You are free in Jesus' name. Here's what I want you to understand. God brought us into his loving arms so that we can help others do the same. God loves you. God chose you. Like I said, his handprint is all over your life. When you are confident in God's heart and what he's done in your life, you have all you need to be a good fisherman. You have, you have all you need to cast a net out. What is the net that you're casting? It is a, it is a display of what the, the handiwork of God in your life. So you're telling them about the Lord Jesus. And I'm telling them, look what God, if God can do it to me, he could do it in you. So I'm throwing that thing out. Action will be easy for you. Your faith will compel you. Your faith will provide divine opportunities for you. Because you got to understand, this isn't just about knowledge. This is about us walking it out. Some of us, well, I love the Lord Jesus right where I'm at. I love the Lord. Hallelujah. I love the Lord. But your feet ain't moving anywhere. There's no action in you. Do we need to pray for your legs? What's there's no action in you. You got to walk this thing out. In James chapter 2, verse 17, it says this, In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. You know when something is dead? Like it's dead. It ain't going nowhere. There's no dreams. There's no hope. There's no future. It's dead. Faith without action, that's dead. In James chapter 2, verse 26, a few verses later. For as the body parts from the spirits, for as, for as the body apart from the spirit is dead, he's given us an illustration. And then he says this, so also faith apart from works is dead. I love the Lord Jesus. Yeah, yeah, okay. And I ain't the judge. He is. Right. And this is what he's called us to. And I never want us to be a church of just column A. It's important that we learn to live and how to walk this life out. That's what the Lord Jesus taught us, those things. But he also lent us his authority to step into the commission that he's given us. He did that. Guess what? You have the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ to do this. He's given it to you. He said, I'm trusting you with this. Pastor, I don't know if he could be trusting me with that kind of stuff. He trusted you with that. I believe that in your life, you are going to see dead things come alive. In your sphere of influence, in the people you know, in your surroundings, you are about to see dead things come alive. 
How could it ever be? How that person, there's no way. Yeah, there was no way you could have came to the Lord. And God did that. Things that had eternal death are about to have eternal life. Amen. But that's how you become a good fisherman. That's how you stay a good fisherman. But this last thing that I want to share with you is this, because as you are walking this thing out and you're trying to throw your net and cast your net and you're trying to tell people about Jesus and you're going to realize so much more of what God's word is teaching us and that you can't make anyone, but you can show them the way. And there might be times where they just like, I don't want to hear that from you right now. Don't talk to me about Jesus right now. I did not, not now. You know, I know. Let's not talk about Jesus. You might have that happen to you. But I also want to encourage you, do not give up. Do not give up. Because you can be compelled to. You know in boxing, when they're ready to give up, they'll throw in the towel. Some of you might be in a season where you've wanted to throw down your nets. I'm not picking that thing up anymore. And God is asking you to pick that net up again. God is trusting you with that net. And it's time to pick it up. And it's time to trust him. And it's time to trust his word. We are in a season where you are going to see dead things come alive. You are going to see them Change from eternal death to eternal life. But you're going to have to pick up that net. Have confidence in his heart to see it happen. And confidence in the work that he's done in you. Pick up the net. You've been rejected. Pick it up and throw it again. Pick it up and throw it again. Pick it up and throw it again. Galatians 6.9 says this, and let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. Claim that promise for your life in this season now in Jesus' name. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, it says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Let us run with endurance, 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 the race that the Lord Jesus has set before us. Not just the, the, the race of column A, but the race of column B. In 1 Corinthians 9, in verses 22 to 23, he says this again, to the weak, I became weak. Are you willing? Are you willing to win the weak? He says, I have become all things to all people so that by all possible means I might, what? Save some. I do all this for the sake of the gospel that I might share in its blessings. I want to close with this. The fruit of throwing out your net is getting ready to produce. You are going to see a mighty move of God in your life. In your family, in your sphere of influence, in your surroundings, you are going to see it. You will not see it if you, if, you, if you keep your net on the ground. You will not see it if you're not confident in his heart. You will not see it if you're not confident in what God has done in you. And if you can't see what God has done in you, I'll tell you, I can see what God's done in you. 
You ain't who you used to be. Throw your nets. Throw your nets. You are about to see a mighty move of God. There's a passage that the Lord reminded me of and stirred in my heart here. I'll just share this last passage as we close. But Jesus has resurrected on the third day, and he's spending some time with his disciples. And on one particular day in John chapter 21, verses 4 through 6, he's, he's standing on the shore, and the disciples had been out all night fishing, and they'd been just kind of out there and just, you know, they're, they haven't caught anything. That's the truth. They ain't caught a fish. And Jesus is on the shore, and it says this. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. He called out to them, friends, haven't you, have, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. He said, throw your net on the right side of the boat. Some of you need to throw it again. You've tried, and you're tired, and you feel like you want to give up on that person or that group of people Throw the net again. Throw it again. He says this, and you will find some. When they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. Prophetically speaking, and the Holy Spirit reminded me of this passage here that I would share this with you. That is... They fished all night and couldn't find something. They needed the Lord's direction, and they needed to trust him. They could have said, Jesus, I'm sorry. We tried all night, couldn't caught a thing, and I'm, I, I'm just done throwing it. I'm done, Jesus. And I get it. Some of us have been done. But he's telling you, hear his voice. Hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. Not me. Hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. Throw your net again. Because you are going to see dead things come alive. You will see the harvest. In the land of the living, you will see the harvest. His heart is that it will happen. And he's about to do it. Here's the challenge. Let me read the challenge to you. We're going to pray. Make a decision and a prayerful plan to share what God has done in your life in the next few days with someone not walking with the Lord. Make a decision. Who's that person right now? Is there somebody that comes to mind right now? Is there someone that comes to mind? Somebody that you know is not walking the Lord? Somebody right now. Make a plan, a prayerful plan, and a decision that you're going to do it. See, it's not you that saves them. It's not me that saves them. We can show them the way. We can encourage them. Come on, come on, you can do this. I know the devil's trying to get you there, but come on, you can do this. You can show them the way to the feet of Jesus, but you cannot make them go. Make a decision that you're going to do it this week and allow God to do the rest. This is his heart. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this morning, this day, and all that you are doing I pray, Father, that as a church we would see more of your hearts. We'd understand your heart, understand your burden, understand why you desire to see the lost home. And I pray, Father, that we would also come to realize and recognize the work that you have done in each and every one of us. 
Your hand is all over us, God. There's no way that we should be in the position that we're in. But you. So thank you, Father, for your mercy and your grace. Now, Father, help us to step into the things that you have for us. And to move past being Christians of just column A. But step into Christ's followers who do column A and B. That we might bring glory to your name. With nobody looking around, maybe you're here this morning you say, hey, you know what? The truth is, the truth is I haven't been living right with God. I have not been walking in his ways. But I know he's real and I know his love is real. And I, and I, and I want to get right with him. I want to get serious with God. I, wanna, I really want to follow Jesus and walk this thing out. I want all the things that he has for me. And if he can forgive me for all the stuff, all the junk that I've been, all of it, then I want to be forgiven. If he can do that, then I want that right now. I want that right now. Is there anybody here today that says, hey, I believe that the Father sent his son Jesus to be my substitute on the cross, to pay the price for my sins. And that when I put my hope and my trust in him, that I too will be saved. And I want to begin to, to walk this thing out with God. I don't know how I'm going to do it yet, but I want to be made right. If that's you, would you quickly just put up your hand and then down. Is there anybody this morning? Thank you so much. I see your hand. Anybody else? Hey, that's beautiful. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. Thank you for your hand. That's beautiful. Father, we thank you for your mercy and your grace today. We thank you for salvation. Literally bringing us, walking us from death to life. Pulling us out of the pits. Healing us. Breaking chains. Setting us free. Filling us with your spirit. I pray, Father, that today the people that are saying, hey, Jesus, I... I I really want to walk this thing out with you, and I recognize what you've done for me. And so today I'm confessing you as Lord and as Savior. Father, forgive me for my sin. Forgive me for my iniquity. Forgive me for the wrong things I've done, the things that I've chosen, the things I've participated, things I've watched, the things that I've thought, the things that all of it, all of it, all of it. Would you forgive me for all of it? I am approaching your throne of grace with confidence. Father, I pray your blessing for that person. Father, would they receive you today? And I pray your blessing, I pray your freedom, I pray chains broken, I pray you would fill them with your Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, fill them. I pray, Father, for our church, Lord, that there would be an anointing that would fall on your people, that your spirit would move in power, and that we together would move in one direction in your voice leading. You, Jesus, are the head of this church. Would you be glorified? Thank you for all that you're doing. Bless your house in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.